Marchant, covering the NFL Draft at CollegeToPro.com and the NFL Draft Bible, covering the Steelers for Sports Illustrated, living and running in Eastern Ohio, and on Twitter X at Bo Marchant. Here's Bo with Bryant and Brett. Bo Marchant joins us now to talk the NFL. Bo, thanks so much for joining us. And let's start with that game last night. Buffalo uh, loses to Denver. Denver wins it on a last-second field goal that we thought originally was a miss, but then 12 men on the field run it back, and he nails it. Four turnovers for the Bills' offense last night, and then this morning, uh, the announcement that Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator for the Bills, um, has been fired. What did you make of that game last night, and then the decision to fire Ken Dorsey this morning? Well, when you're five and five, and you're the head coach, you can't fire yourself. That's so you got to go start working down the edge. And Sean McDermott's doing the best he's can. And I've said it a lot. Um, I kind of view him as the Tony Dungy in Tampa Bay, where the Buccaneers can get over the hump and they bring in a John Gruden. Like this team is primed to win. How long will Buffalo go with Sean McDermott before they say, "Hey, you're not the guy"? Because and, and Dungy had success in Tampa. He just couldn't get him over the hump. He got over the hump with Peyton Manning in Annapolis. We know that how that story, Hall of Fame, blah blah blah. But I, I think when I look at Buffalo, I you know they I still think they rely on Josh Allen too much. Um, I call it the Dayball effect. Brian Dayball mm-hmm. really corrected a lot of mistakes. Now we know you know the interceptions. He's thrown an interception in the last nine games. Those are all the problems I think that led to the the loss last night. The turnovers, all the miscues, and I, I the thing that gagged me about seeing Dorsey get fired today was. Last night when I watched the game, I think it was evident. James Cook was running the ball with a vengeance, mm-hmm. and they kept with it. And I was so happy. I'm like, because usually they, they turf from it. They'll start passing. They'll keep. And then so many OCs do this. But Dorsey kept with the ground game. The one drive where Josh Allen ran, they had all runs off that drive to take the lead. And I was like, wow, Dorsey's calling a great game. You know, he he he, he avoided the pass. He went with the run game, and then lo and behold, they end up losing because of the turnovers and and you know now they got to start over so um things are ugly in buffalo i mean yeah. five and five this is a team that you know i, I still want to rule them out because they're dangerous but I, I you know this is a point where this is the internal talk this is the, the talk outside that you know amongst fans and us this is when it becomes the teams in the in in the locker room who start to comment and they you know those little huddles in the locker room where they question what's going on from the upper echelon of coaches and and things of voices that can enforce the rules right now they would be the 10 seed and i said yesterday in closing buffalo couldn't afford to lose that game because they went into that game last night as the eight seed you 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 can't get that many cars between you and that last playoff spot and that that's the seven and that's where the houston texans sit right now i don't think many (laughs) think the texans will stay there but buffalo can't I mean, they can't let uh, Las Vegas and the Chargers get between them in that last spot either, and, and they're right behind them. The Jets as well, and Denver now four and five, and at home next Monday night uh, on, on Monday Night Football. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've always been fond of Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. I think it's a match, and we're finally kind of seeing the dividends of the connection. And I, I listen. Let's take out the what people think of Russell Wilson off the field or his mannerisms. He's a, still a good quarterback, and I, I went to the farthest depths that I could in defending him. And I think it's coming to fruition that you know he he's been playing well in 2023, and they have their mistakes. And you know when when they gave up 70 to the Dolphins, that wasn't on Russell Wilson. And if people right. watched that game, 
you could see how it, it, it fell apart. But, you know, two, a Cortland Sutton fumble in the end zone, like little things happen that create, you know, people just see the box score, the final cut, and they don't watch the game. And I, I was happy to see the Broncos win. Not that I was rooting against Buffalo, but, you know, it's, you know, a five and five team. I still think Buffalo is going to be there in the end. It's a, it's a, it's a troubling time now for them, five and five with all that talent. But I, when you look at, I, you know, I don't think Los Angeles Chargers are there. The Jets are a mess. Even Denver, I don't think they have the, 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 the talent that Buffalo has on both sides of the ball to keep winning. The only problem for Buffalo is they have a hell of a schedule coming up. They have a lot mm-hmm. of tough teams that they're going to face, and, and that's going to be the big deterrent. But if there's any team, and this, they're one of the top teams we've seen in the AFC over the last couple of years. So they're familiar with playing the Eagles or the Cowboys or the Chiefs or the Dolphins. That's not going to be something out of the realm for them. It's, it's the other teams that have kind of been the bottom feeders that got to play up now that now you got to get acclimated to that. So in the long end, I will put it this way. They're not going to win the division. I don't think I want to rule it because the way the season's going, you can't count for anything, but uh, I still think Buffalo has the team to make a wild card spot. Yeah. And just in terms of the teams that they have to go up against. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, going back to Sunday, uh, I really thought last week the Ravens, you know, had, had started to kind of prove and starting to assert their dominance. But then this past weekend against the Browns, Deshaun Watson now a couple games back from injury, and and him and that Cleveland offense pull, uh, I guess, somewhat of an upset over the Ravens. What did you make of that performance? And now um, the the Ravens still sitting at seven and three, but that AFC North, when you look at it, very intriguing. It is. You know, the fun part about it is I was at the Steelers game Sunday and you know you're watching you know, you're watching the Steelers game and then you see the ticker, it's fourteen nothing mm-hmm. Ravens very early and you're yeah. like, Okay, this is gonna be a blowout. What's the final gonna be? Thirty seven to three, thirty seven ten. And then you keep seeing the ticker going and going. And then when Tomlin was we were waiting for Tomlin to come out to his press conference, you know, and we had our we got our phones out and I and we're like, Wow, like Cleveland has a chance to win this game <laughs> and we were actually like we were questioning if Tomlin was actually delaying the press conference if, <laughs> if, because he was watching the finale of the game. Nobody asked him that question. But they were and, down 14. Yeah, they were down 14. But that was a great win by the Browns. They came back, and, and not to get off topic of the Browns victory, but it was just fun going to the Steelers locker room after the game and you know talk with Patrick Peterson, and then I told him, uh, Patrick, uh, do you know the Browns, lost, or the Browns beat the Ravens? Hmm. And he's like, are you kidding me? He's like, so we're number one in the AFC. He's like, I'm like, you are. And he, he pointed up his index finger, and he was like, wow. He goes, I, and uh, as I made my, ra- my way through the locker room, I told the guys, I go, do you realize that the Browns won on a last-second field goal against the Ravens? And all, all the players were just absolutely floored by the Crazy. idea that the Browns came back or the Browns won the game, and, and let alone that they have the, you know, the fortunate place of you know, being number one right now in the AFC North, a tough AFC North. Yeah. Yeah, but start the celebration. Odell Beckham Jr. caught a touchdown pass. <laughs> I know he's he, you know you talk about I mean what sixteen million or you know eleven and bonuses. Uh, you know it's it's you know it's it, it's funny how it I, I call it the Jadavian Clowney effect. Is you know Odell Be- Beckham made that catch. Jadavian Clowney made the fumble against Michigan and the sack fumble recovery, I should say. And those guys have lived off those plays for years. They could go anywhere in the National Football League and get a job because of those two plays. That's the truth. It really is is the truth. It it, it is, and and it cuts both ways with Lamar Jackson. Look, he can can be great, but Sunday – 
the two interceptions were, were damaging to the team. Yeah, they were, uh, and you know, I watched it on the, the the condensed version, and they were ugly interceptions. And, yes. and I guess credit Jim Schwartz and the Browns defense. I mean, you know, he's he's had that defense playing at a, a very high level all season. Um, shut out the week before, twenty-seven nothing against Arizona, and then they come back and you you know end up coming from behind to beat the Ravens. And and I mean, I know me, I'd have never gave Cleveland a, an an any you know shot at winning, especially the way the game started. And for them to come back, Keaton Mitchell, the running back, picking up and on the road. Board, mm-hmm. On the road, those guys churning out those yards. And, and Watson Watson had his plays. Watson made plays when he needed to. I, I thought there was a couple run plays where he showed that, that ability that maybe that draws us to thinking he can be, you know, one of the elite guys. You know, I, and, and I think that's, you know, you, we can critique these guys, and we do. But I, I thought there was a couple scrambles where it was just his awareness in the pocket, knowing what to do, not maybe forcing the ball into a bad place, but picking up the yards with his legs. And, uh, and, and lo and behold, you know, they came back. And if you're a Cleveland fan, when they missed that extra point, you, you had to say to yourself, this is what we do in Cleveland. But hmm. this particular time, they're able to get the ball back, and then they make the field goal. Bo, in, in, in nothing like you've done in covering the NFL and, and going to NFL – but the games that I've been to, I don't think any two groups of fans wear the jerseys more than Steelers and Packers. And you had both groups there Sunday at, at Acrisure. Were, were the Packers well represented, and did everybody have on a jersey Sunday? <laughs> yeah, it was. And, you know, I, one of my favorite parts about walking into the stadium each Sunday for a game, especially when you have the tradition of the Packers, is – I, Brett, I was actually going to text you because there was a Jaleer, Jaheer Alexander. There's an Alexander jersey and a Sterling Sharp jersey. I saw a Bart Starr jersey. Oh, I love and it. when you have you have the legacy of those type of franchises, you get such a combination of you know who who. I mean, you could get a Forrest Gregg jersey. You just don't know. And that's the beauty of having these these type of franchises. Um, no, they represented well. Um. I know the place, I know parking was, I mean, it, it was, you could tell it was a Packers Steelers type of game. And, uh, but the Steelers, I think out, the Steelers came through on that game. Um, I actually thought there might be a little bit more of a Packers, uh, influence in the stadium, just the way the things are going. And I know they're six and three, uh, or seven and three, I should say. Or six and three. But anyways, uh, but no, the, the Steelers, the terrible towels were out in a force mm. this past Sunday. They really were. But, uh, I actually saw a dad with a little boy, and they were they were both dressed as cheese heads. And this kid had to be maybe eight, and he had a sign. And he had these, he had the cheese head hat, and he had like a pair of overalls that I mean, and, and Packer colors. And I actually took a photo. Brad, I'll send you the photo when we hang up. It was, Please it was, do. It was it was one of them things. You're just like this is the essence of you know father son. Probably is I who knows, but maybe first football game. Who knows? But it was just. Him holding a sign great was great. It, just, it was just awesome. And, and that's, that's what you love about sports is, yeah. you know, you, you go to the stadium, have a good time, drink a couple beers. You can be belligerent, but don't get in a fight. Just go home and, and hug your kids and your wife, your family, and, and don't make it too big of an issue. Mm-hmm. And, and just enjoy it. I, I've told you, Bo, I've told, told, told this story many times. I'm at a Steelers game in Nashville, which would make sense because that's where he had starred in college and was local phenom, but saw a Steelers jersey in Nashville ah. for, for 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 Joe Gilliam. Wow. That's crazy. Steve, who yeah. does that? 
that's the that's the fun stuff. Hardcore fans, hmm. hardcore fans, and then uh, like this week was still as alumni, and I mean I hmm. saw the pictures of Marquise Pouncey, their center. Uh, played there for 10 years, and uh, he was there with a, a litany of other Steeler greats. But, I mean, this guy played at 304, above 300, and now he's lost like 65 pounds. He looks like more like an outside linebacker than he was. You'd never think this. If I, if you walked up and you didn't know what he did, you would never know that he was a center at a Hall of Fame level. Um, but, uh, you know, that's the fun part, too, seeing these guys come back. And, you know, you know he's in that post-retirement type career. He's loving it a couple I know they own a winery, him and his brother, and they do some things with the distillery. But, uh, just you know, he's enjoying it. He has kids. He's just happy. And that was his first time back to uh, Hinesville at Acrisure Stadium since uh, his last game against the Browns in the playoffs. And, Bo, one year I'm in Nashville for NCAA basketball tournament, okay? So, you know, the Nashville, you know, Convention and Visitor Bureau got a lot of volunteers to, you know, to help with buses and to help with everything. And I saw uh, 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 the name tag on the, the, you know, this, this, the man was very nice. And I saw Joe Gilliam. And I wow. said, are, are, are you, are, are you Jefferson Street, Joe Gilliam? He said, I sure am. And, and we, 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 we visited big and you could, you could tell he was glad somebody knew who he was. And this this was like spring of two thousand. Um, who all? Arkansas was up there. Uh, Cincinnati was there. That was the year that that Martin had gotten hurt for Cincinnati. But but anyway, okay. and and later that year, uh, like like around Christmas time, Joe Gilliam passed away. But but he was volunteering oh. for NCAA tournament with the Chamber of Commerce people that weekend, and and he was glad somebody knew who he was. Well, you know what? Listen, and I'm not the piggy the piggyback off what you said. I've, I've I know I've told you several times when I go to Canton for the Hall of Fame. Um, I since COVID they've stopped doing it, but they always used to have you know they'd have the inducting class and then they'd bring back one of the old timers, you know, and it would be a Jack Young, but it'd be some you know a Jan Stenerud, guys that people aren't familiar with now that they would just sit. And the guy who used to run it, he would ask me a couple times, saying, Bo, you mind going ask some questions? I would actually go over and I'd get a 15-minute interview with just, say, one of these Hall of Famers. Wow. Yeah. Not just a, just a player. They're a Hall of Famer, but, you know, people want new. People want shiny. People mm-hmm. want the now. They don't want old. And But it's just, I think if you're a football diehard, I'm a football diehard. When you have the opportunity to kind of reflect and, and share with these, like you did with Gilliam, one of the greats of the game, and a lot many are familiar with them. You know that they appreciate you appreciate what they brought to the game that we love. Yeah, absolutely. Talking to Bo Marchant, he joins us every Tuesday afternoon to talk the NFL. And but I got to give Brett credit. He brought this up last week when we were talking to you about C.J. Stroud and and what he has done this season. He asked you not not only Rookie of the Year, but could we be having conversations about C.J. Stroud being in the conversation of MVP? and got called an ugly name by Texas. Sure did. And huh. but now everybody is talking about. But C. I'm C. bigger Stroud. than that. I you forgive are, them. You are bigger than that, Brett. And I'm proud of that of you for that. But uh, now we're seeing a lot of people talking about C.J. Stroud could be in that conversation for MVP. Uh, what do you think about that idea and, and what he did again on Sunday leading the Texans to a, another victory over the Bengals? Well, one, a, humongous, a huge victory. I would have never thought that. Listen, I would have put the Browns winning by 50 before I would have put the Texans beating the Ravens at home, or yeah. the Bengals at home. I mean, I just, 
unthinkable prior to that game kicking off and, and seeing what the Texans were able to do. Um, listen, Stroud has been phenomenal, and we've it's so important. They they have. They found the guy that replaced Watson as their franchise quarterback. It's Unless he's just a catastrophic failure in the next couple of seasons. I mean, he looks like the real deal. I don't MVP, we can put him in that realm. Mm-hmm. And is he an MVP for the Texans? Yes. Absolutely. But when you start to, you know, there's another level. And I don't think, I don't think the Texans, and this is where it kind of gets in. They're playing a Texans schedule. They're not playing a Buffalo Bills schedule that Josh Allen has to face because you're one of the better teams. And, and I, I say that because we know the NFL, you know, if you're a top team, you play the hardest schedule outside of the conference type mm-hmm. stuff. And if you're a lousy team, and that's how the NFL keeps teams going from worst to first, because, you know, you're lousy, you're good, you're lousy, you're good. Uh, but Stroud's playing great. MVP, definitely in the conversation, but he's, he's not going to win it. Uh, they would just have to get on a roll. I don't think that team's capable of, or he's capable of, of doing it at this point, because there's going to be hiccups in his game. As phenomenal as he has been, and I love seeing it. I really, really do. I just don't think the maturity is there yet for the rest of the season to him outclass the likes of, you know, Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I, you know, those, you know, each one, they're the defending, one Mahomes defending champion, and then, you know, Hurts is defending champion of the NFC Conference. So uh, I think that's a big hurdle for him to leap. I guess what's, what's the term of the prize fight? You, you know, you got you know, you to knock those guys out. And I, I think Hurts would, or I think Stroud would actually have to eat, go to the playoffs and, and, and surpass Mahomes in a playoff game yeah. for him to get that, rec- that recognition. Yeah, I, li- I like that boxing. You you, you got to knock the champ out to win. Yeah, and I, I don't. I don't. And that's not a Stroud thing. This is the as a Texans. And listen, there's no way Stroud's on the level of Hertz or Mahomes or Herbert or Burrow at this point. Not saying next year we're t- the same conversation on what November 13th or 14th that mm-hmm. Stroud's. You know, the, the you know one of the top quarterbacks. The way he looks, we could have that conversation. But his rookie did, season. Did you see him being this good? No, I, I I didn't. You know what it is, Brett. Though you know, I I harp on the Ohio State receivers so much, but I, it's deserving because their track record. And I harped on the Oregon Ducks quarterbacks mm-hmm. or the the Ohio State uh, quarterbacks, I should say. You know, because you you know you get a program, they produce a, a certain position, but they don't deliver, and it doesn't translate. And I did think Stroud looked the best out of the guys coming out. Did I think he would be so advanced? No, I did not. I, I thought he would be better than, you know, the guys that have previously come out of Ohio State and just kind of like a Herbert thing. You know, you didn't know if Herbert was going to be the guy. And if Stroud was going to be the guy, he would have went number one to Carolina. If Herbert was the guy, he would have went. He, I don't think he would have surpassed Burrow, but he would have went in front of Tua. And that's where we're at with things right now. But, you know, he's playing phenomenal. And, and, and it's, it's, and it is, and I remember I talked with a Bears scout at the Combine, and I go, how do you evaluate these quarterbacks? And that's when and they had Justin Fields. And I, I even felt apologetic, apologetic when I said it. I go, I'm not a believer in Fields. And I know he looked at me kind of strange, <laughs> but you've got to be honest in that type of realm because, you know, if, if you're just going to blow kisses, you're not going to get the response you're looking for. Right. But he said you have to evaluate every single player particular to themselves. So just say if all three of us all went to Ole Miss – you can't say, well, hey, you know what? Bryant was a, you know, a boomer. Brett was a boomer. That means Bo's going to be a boomer. No, mm. Bo could be a bust. You yeah. just don't know. Just because I can't, you know. So and but Stroud, he he's he's he looks so I, good. I, I, I mean, tell you where I did that, Bo. And hmm. a, a true, true confession here, I can remember the draft centered around who should you take first, Drew Bledsoe or Rick ah. Myra. Hmm. 
And boy, oh. big big swing and miss for old Brett on that mm. one. Because I was going, yeah. that Notre Dame quarterback, that Notre Dame pedigree, <laughs> you got to take Rick Myra. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you know what? I, I did like Drew. Um, I guess, you know, the other time, like, I wasn't a Leaf guy um, at all. That, that, no, I mean, no. I, I mean, I was fond of Peyton, but I just wasn't a Leaf guy. And, and then I'll take it to the grave. I was never on the Manziel wagon, ever. I was. Um, I drove. Yeah, I, just, I, I drove the wagon. <laughs> yeah, Rob Fisher helped me one. though. I'm gonna blame yeah, it on Rob. Was, uh, yeah, we listen. I, they, <laughs> listen. You can't. And that's the thing. I mean, and college, these guys look so good. It's, and what he did. I mean, what he did collegiately. I mean, him to go to beat Alabama. I mean, you can't argue the results. I mean, it's hard not to get excited. But at the end of the day, um, you know, if I make it to heaven and I talk to the big man up there. I'll be like, hey, thanks for letting me get the Mansell thing right, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's uh, that'd be a pretty good thing to be thinking Even, for, even though that infidel Brett tried to lead you down the wrong path. <laughs> you know what's great, though? Now that I said it, if I do make it to the Holy Grail and I the, you know, the pearly gates, God was like, yeah, you are a football guy. So the first question, of all the things you could ask me or thank me for, not healthy, healthy kids, beautiful right. wife, uh-huh. health, right. you, you thank me that you got the Manziel thing right. Well, I got I got a toe for Rick Myra. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you know, listen, you know what it is. Again, I on the flip side, uh, and all of the uh, I I would agree. We swing and miss. Right. Paxton Lynch, I love mm. Paxton Lynch. Yeah, I did too. So hey, listen, I could I could go down a whole nother. We got to You want to put me on for another hour? I could <laughs> go down all the draft busts that I love. Lawrence Maroney, Cedric Benson, Charles <laughs> Rogers. I mean, mm. it's just. just uh, Andre Johnson or Charles Rogers, I would have took Charles Rogers 20 times over and look at the careers. And rest in peace, Charles Rogers. Love you. But think of Andre Johnson as a Hall of Famer. And Charles, I mean, just, it's amazing how, you you know, you view these guys coming out of school and, and sometimes it's just... Kellen Winslow Jr. Oh, Kellen Winslow Jr. was, I mean... You know, I had his Hall of Fame back, speech written. <laughs> and the funny thing about the horrific accident he survived, and we know everything afterwards was horrific too, yeah. but... He still had a good career for everything he went through. Never lived up to, you know, his father's Hall of Fame career or even an elite level. He did have a good career, but man, him coming out and that whole hurricanes. I mean, you talk oh, about a dominant. Give me all of it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was just shocking. I mean, you know, Will, I mean, the running in the backs. Back, yeah, I mean, who do you got back there? Well, we got Willis McGahee, Clinton Brian McKinney, Gore, right? Brian McKinney, Sean. I mean, Sean Taylor. Sean Taylor. The whole. Just the whole team was just on another mm-hmm. level. I, I still this day, Brett, and you know so much more about college football than I. But I, I look at that in terms of draft. Like I don't know even how Bama and Georgia dominate Ohio State, but I mean those hurricanes from that that particular span. I mean they were wicked, and they were wicked in the National Football League too. Mm-hmm. And Bo, look what we just did. We didn't even mean to. We wrapped it all the way together and brought it back to Ken Dorsey, the quarterback of that team. <laughs> and he's uh, out you know today. It's incredible. I know he is. And you know, he. I remember I had him on my podcast, and he told me he was like, "Hey, he's like this was he was you know he's a, he was in Cleveland, and he he was disgusted. He was just like you know he goes, I never had a shot there. He goes." He goes, I can count how many times off my hand how many, how many first-team reps I had. He goes, how are you supposed to learn like that? And, you know, mm-hmm. that, that was years and years ago. I don't even know, remember. But, uh, yeah, and I, I didn't like the firing. I, I really no. didn't. I mean, they're eighth in offense. They were second yeah. last year in total points. But last night's Somebody had to pay. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody, and I told you at the top of the show, yeah, that's, that's what happens. Yeah, when you're five and five, you're the head coach. You can't fire yourself. You got to look at somebody. And we really um, didn't rehearse this, did we? Yeah, we, we just yeah. All you listen out there, we've been practicing for like four hours. <laughs> Try it. Uh, it's been practicing all day. This is recorded. This is like the seventh take we did right. at ten uh-huh. thirty this yeah. morning. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bo, thanks so much for joining us. We'll do it again next week. Hey, much love, guys. Stay safe. Thanks, Bo. Thank you, Bo. So much fun. Thank you. Bo Marshot with us talking NFL. And Ken Dorsey, I I, I, I think people are knocking his door down to hire him. I, oh, I just yeah. wonder if he ever thinks about college. or you know, A lot of times when I, those guys take that pro route, that's what they want to stay. I don't blame yeah, him. Yeah, no, I don't blame him either. But I was, a retirement I was plan better than Congress's. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. I was surprised so, though this morning. I was. Yeah, I, I, I was too. But you know, and that could be what gets Taylor Jenkins. Just somebody's head's got to roll, yep. and and that's unfortunate. This hour of our show brought to you every day by Hewlett and Dunn, Boot and Gene on the historic square in Collierville since 1961. And if you haven't, for for no other reason, just drive out to Collierville and take a look at that 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 square, that setting. But stop by Hewlett and Dunn, say hello to to Charles and Laura Hall. They're working so hard at this time of year, and they want people to come in. This is the best time of year to be in retail, to be in business. It's so much fun. Everybody is so festive. Charles, heck, he started working there in his teens many Christmases ago, many holidays ago, and now with 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 Laura, they own the place, known for all the boots, but. Accessories, clothing, and a cap. A caps for, for guys and gals for any team in any season. I see so, I see so many young women and young men with, with the caps. Western wear, work boots, safety toes, soft toe, rubber boots. They've got them. Boots for every occasion. However you, however you want to wear them, whether to, for styling to go out or to, to go out and hunt or go out and work. They've got them at Hewlett and Dunn from head to toe. They've got you covered with Anderson Bean, Dan Post, Ariat, whether for men or for women, and the men's and women's clothing, the jeans, the pants, the jackets, the Filson jackets, shirt, shorts, outerwear, and the best duckhead collection you'll find. Charles and Laura Hall invite you to 111 North Center Street. Stop by, say happy holidays to them, or go to HewlettDunn.com, but they'd rather see you on the square in Collierville. Boot care products, sunglasses, hats, and every area team snapback cool hats you can think of to to go to Tiger Lane on Saturday, to go to the Tiger game against SMU, for the Egg Bowl, for State and Ole Miss, for Tennessee, for the Razorbacks, and for the travel season, the travel bag selection, it's top-notch. HewlettDunn.com, but please come by and say hello at 111 North Center Street on the square in Collierville at Hewlett and Dunn. Let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we'll talk about what's trending. We are real sports talk. Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM, as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to sports time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett and Dunn, Boot and Jean Company in Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. 
Welcome back into Sports Time. Bright and Brett with you in our family leisure studios. Johnny Hill on the other side producing and talked about to start the show, but we have Tiger football tickets to give away uh, compliments of Sissy's Log Cabin. We're going to give away a pair of tickets. We'll be doing it all week long. we got a pair of tickets to give away, and we're going to give those away right now. Third caller into 901-360-8255. That's 901-360-8255. Third caller gets a pair of tickets to this weekend's game between SMU and Memphis. Call in, and Johnny will get all of your information down so that we can get you those tickets. But, Brett, speaking of college football, we've talked a little bit about uh, the coaching changes that have already happened. But I'm seeing uh, some reports that uh, that UCLA, very close to making the decision to uh, to cut ties with uh, with Chip Kelly. What, what do you make of that? As UCLA obviously about to make the move next year to the Big Ten, a, a big move like that. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised by it. I'm surprised that it hadn't been more successful for him. And I go back to the, the Florida coaching hire mm-hmm. when they, who did they, they ended up hiring and, and there were people that wanted Scott Frost for it. Yep. And people that wanted Chip Kelly for it. Yep. And, and neither one of them took the, uh, the Florida, wanted the Florida job. Chip Kelly even told people that he wanted to kind of get lost mm. in Los Angeles instead of that pressure cooker of the, of the SEC. And n- now he, he, he's, he's yeah. done. And, you know, that's after two swings and misses with NFL jobs. Mm-hmm. And, and now this pretty good. And, you know, I had them on that list earlier of the underachievers. Yeah. I don't know who I heard say it over the weekend, but they said you just want to grab Arizona State, mm. A&M, and UCLA and shake them. Of, Why aren't you better? <laughs> and and I added Cal Berkeley in there. For a long time, I would have added Missouri in there too. Yeah. And especially now in the SEC, and but maybe Eli Drinkwitz is getting there. And it is two syllables. It is drink wits. It's hmm. not drink a wits. It's not drink a wits. It's mm-hmm. two syllables. Drink, drink wits. wits. Yeah. And the first name is much tougher than the last name with how he spells spells it. But Mizzou with that that pot of players in St. Louis and yeah. pot of players in Kansas City, and then really good across you know kind of the hinterlands, the, the mm-hmm. rural countryside of Missouri. Really, really good football around. Uh, around Joplin, yeah. uh, e- even, and, and other places. I- I've always wondered why, why they, they can't get that right. And there's been a lot of people, uh, that, that had swings and misses at, at all those places at Arizona, Arizona State football and basketball. Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And so I thought, you know, this was going to be the one that worked out for Chip Kelly, you know, getting out to, to LA with UCLA. I thought he'd be able to recruit and, and bring in talent and it just hadn't worked out for him. No, it, it hadn't. And, you know, where does he, you know, where does he reboot if he wants to? You know, got to, got to be gobs of money yeah. from Oregon even and, and certainly two NFL jobs and even UCLA. And, and can't wait to get Bruce Marshall in on this because mm-hmm. he knows that, that scene so well. And it's often a commitment issue at mm. UCLA and even an overarching commitment issue now with high school football in California. Really? Yeah. Wow. 
Interesting. So, I mean, maybe a, maybe a tough job. I don't know. But um, I, we'll, we'll wait and see if if Chip Kelly uh, officially gets the boot anytime soon and, and, and they look for a new that, coach. That, that, that'd be Jed Fish oh, in, a, in, a, in a second. Immediately, 100%. I, I, I think he's got pretty strong assistant coaching UCLA yeah. ties, doesn't he? I think so, yeah. So that that'd be a great hire for them. I think that one yeah. makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm sure you've seen the uh, the rumors as well. Go ahead. Well, one of the wins of the year. Oh yeah. In, in a in a really tough year, Mississippi State beating Arizona. And and it's it's kind of easy to forget that because what was that week two of the season? In overtime yeah. and you know kind of you know wasn't you know Man, yes week two, week two wasn't wasn't real pretty but. 31-24 overtime, you know, for for them to beat a a good Arizona State Arizona team, yeah. University of Arizona. No, you're at, you're absolutely right, and that that was a really good win. Um, but week two, easy to forget. Um, I'm when saying, it wasn't a lot going right for the SEC no, in those early no, weeks, no, 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 no. and I'll come back to it again. And I sure don't want to alienate uh, my Bama friends and 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 my and my SEC cred and and loyalty. But if it plays out, and it's down to SEC champion Alabama mm-hmm. with one loss, yeah. and Big Twelve champion Texas with one loss, yeah. I know the tiebreaker. Yeah, I know who should get that over the preference. Yeah, they played, and, and not only they beat them, they handled them yeah. easily. No, head to head's got to mean something. And, and sometimes and we lose the fact of it. Then let's just have a debate society. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Because a lot of people, they kind of lose sight of that head to head. But it's got to matter. Why do we play the games if it's not going to matter? And, and, and that scenario exists with the Big Ten, who, whoever's undefeated mm-hmm. champion of the Big Ten. Yeah. They're, they're, they're in, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Same for the pack. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Same for ACC. Yeah. SEC would have a pretty good argument there, sure. but Florida State over LSU. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that would certainly factor in, and then Big Twelve and SEC mm-hmm. uh, undefeated ACC definitely in absolutely one hundred percent. If so if it's undefeated Big Twelve, yeah. Big Ten, undefeated Big Twelve, mm-hmm. undefeated Pack, undefeated ACC, I, I, I'm sorry, Bam was left out. Mm. Yeah, I, I think you're right, uh, but that be that would be something. Um, Brad, I'm sure you've seen the reports. Um, speaking of all of these great teams and great conferences, um, but it sounds like there are talk and, and speculation that Quinn Ewers could decide to return to the University of Texas for another season next year. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, that would be huge for Texas to, to bring him back. Uh, a lot of the discussion has been on, on Quinn Ewers and coming back, but a lot of this discussion has also been on what would Arch Manning do if Quinn Ewers decides to come back. I mean, there's a lot of – there's going to be a lot to, to discuss and decide for both of these guys in the offseason. I think it's pretty easy. What what would happen to Arch Manning? It would be what what happened to Uncle Eli. He he redshirted a year. Mm. Eli set the most of the two thousand season and watched a great college quarterback yeah. Romero Miller play his senior season. Mm. Arch Manning would do that, and yeah. then he would be raring to go, probably as the you know putative presumptive uh, starter Absolutely. for for a, a third 
uh, third year of college football, but second as as on on the team as a sophomore. I, I don't think it's any shot at anyone. Now it did bother me a little that even when the backup quarterback was struggling mm. in Ewer's absence, they didn't. I mean, if, yeah. if if it was baseball, they didn't even look at the bullpen. Yeah, that was interesting. I mean. Could it have been something of we don't know how long Quinn Ewers will be out and we don't want Arch to get something rolling and then we have to play him more than four games? Well, there, there's there, there's a lot of that dynamic in, in, in things. That That's yeah. almost the, the little, little league aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, because I, I really do think, you know, they, they wanted to uh, keep his eligibility in that red shirt alive and so – I mean, you don't want him to go out there and. and but, but you got that four games to play with, yeah. and they didn't even they didn't even tease that. They yeah. didn't even flirt with that. Because that's a that's a really good point. I mean, you thought, especially in a couple of those games when they were kind of struggling. Hey, just get him out there for for a series or two, see what he can do, and then you know decide where you go from there. And they just they they didn't even they didn't even look at the direction. Check your scorecards this Saturday if you go out to SEC games because we know it's yeah, Cupcake Weekend, yeah. and and I, I think you're going to see a, a lot of different players that mm-hmm. haven't played a lot this year get some run time. Yeah, get your uh, get those uh, get those rosters out, you know, and uh, and get to know. I uh, this is going back. I I saw it. It was like a blast from the past to me. Um, when I went to the first game of the season for the Tigers basketball, there was uh, there was an older gentleman sitting in front of me, and he had a sheet of like notebook paper, and that was folded up, and he had everybody's name and number listed on the sheet of paper. My hero! And I was like, "That's great." I mean, very easy to look at, but nowadays, you know, you just go on your phone, you pull up the roster, and so I was. It was almost like, "Wow!" I mean, what what year are we? And he's using notebook was paper. That guy wearing glasses, about five eight, and kind of balding, sixty <laughs> one. Um, no, no. It wasn't me, was no, it? No, it was not you. I made sure. Is that Brett down there? I mean, that's something <laughs> Brett would do for, for a game. I would. I, I would. I, I, I love that. But you, you, you really are. You're going to, you're going to see a lot of yeah. people play. I think, I think this Saturday is probably an opportunity for Walker Howard to play at Ole Miss. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. And, and that'd be, that'd be great to, to see what he's got. Mm-hmm. And and there's only one way to start right. finding out to see what they have is is get them in there. Look, uh, the holidays are rapidly approaching, but you can still get on the list for the the turkeys, the hams, all the great food at the commissary by calling nine zero one seven five four five five four zero or go online. Make it easy at commissarybbq.com. They're in Collierville and in Germantown, and that's where you can get the smoked turkey, the homemade cornbread dressing, the gravy, the cranberry sauce, mashed potatoes, green beans, rolls, butters, plate, b- butter, plates, utensils, whole turkeys and hams, all the sides, pricing point. Just for practically everyone, and and it will make your day, and it'll really re- relieve someone from all that, all that stress and all that preparation. Let let the commissary do it; they have it down. They've been doing it for us since 1981. Also, the the home of that great Memphis style barbecue in ribs, done the slow cooked Memphis way, the signature way. And if you're craving an easier way to order, text commissary to three three seven. Three three. Go out there tonight. Go right now. If you're wondering what you where you're going to go out and eat tonight, go to either commissary, and you can order the holiday spread there in in person. Dig into the ribs or the shoulder, chopped or pulled on a plate, on a sandwich, all the sides, the desserts, and and all all all, all the great food. Like the, you can order it by the pound. Perfect for tailgating. Six pack, eight pack, twelve pack. 
but for the holidays, 901-754-5540, or go online at commissarybbq.com. In Collierville and Germantown, those party areas, orders to go, catering, tailgating, and time for the holiday bird at the commissary, 901-754-5540, or online at commissarybbq.com. Let's go ahead and get to our final break of the day. When we come back, we'll wrap up today's show with Taco Bell Crunch Time. Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio for Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn Boot & Jean Company in Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. You are looking live. In your life have you seen anything like that? Goodbye. It's obviously crunch time. Hammer, nail, coffin. This baby is over. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito. So good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three-cheese blend grilled on the top. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. Bold food you can't get anywhere else. Well, Brett, what I learned today is that uh, the MLB has started to roll out their awards for this season. We've gotten both the Rookie of the Years in the National and the American League. The American League Rookie of the Year, Gunnar Henderson, won it for the Orioles. And for the National League, the Rookie of the Year is Corbin Carroll. Uh, we've also are getting managers of the years announced today. Uh, National League Manager of the Year has already been announced. Skip Schumacher has been named the National League Manager of the Year for the American League. Foretold by me at AutoZone hey, Park. You, you told him, but uh, Bruce Bochy, Kevin Cash, and Brandon Hyde uh, are the finalists for the American League Manager of the Year. That one, um, I don't think it's been announced yet. It might have been um, already announced, but those are your three finals. Something else I learned today, uh, ESPN officially launched their betting sports book, ESPN Bet. They're is, a book? They are a book now, and it's live. <laughs> in 17 states so uh i guess if you're looking for are we one of them we are one of them that is correct do you have an account open i do have an account open but (laughs) but now don't don't not like that brett it was it used to be a different sports book and then they kind of rebranded changed it so i already had an account i didn't already go make one today since it's launched are people charging exorbitant juice out there it's more than 11 to 10 on juice uh are you noticing that yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah, I mean, forever it was eleven to ten. Yeah, no, it's a little bit more than that. Yeah, oh, it's a little bit more. Well, everything went it's up. All right. didn't it? Uh, inflation, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Supply chain. That's right. 
what I learned, A&M and Mississippi State should have coaches in place, I think, minimum about two weeks from today. As soon as SEC, or, or as soon as the season ends, even that week before the SEC championship, they move that early. I think they have a plan, and I think they will execute that plan and have have coaches hired. Because, uh, you know, State's got its rival games, uh, two rival games yeah. remaining, Southern Miss and the Egg Bowl, and A&M still with a trip to Baton Rouge to play LSU. Yeah, what I could have done without it was the decision this morning by the Buffalo Bills to fire Ken Dorsey. I, I didn't really understand it, but like Bo said, you got to fire somebody, and the head coach isn't going to fire himself. So you know, somebody has to take the fall. Ken Dorsey took it this morning, but I don't think it was really his fault that they lost the game last night. I mean, four turnovers from your offense. He went out there throwing interceptions and fumbling the ball. You had the win secured, and then you had 12 men out there uh, on the defense. So, I mean, I, I don't know if I would have blamed him. I understand someone has to take the fall, but like you said, Brett, I think Ken Dorsey um, will be hired pretty pretty quickly because when you look at that offense that Buffalo has had these last couple years, it's been top five, top ten every single year. There was a play Saturday in the Ole Miss-Georgia game where both teams had 12 men on the field and only Georgia got called for it. Wow. And, 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 still, and still won by, yeah, yeah. by uh-huh. 35. <laughs> uh, could have done without Dan Lanning with saying the zero chance he's leaving yeah. Oregon. Yeah. It's all zero and nobody's leaving, nobody's getting fired until somebody leaves or gets fired. You, <laughs> you let the right job call. Who knows? Who knows? You let Nick Saban announce a retirement. Yeah. Dan Lanning, if he got offered Alabama, he's leaving Eugene, Oregon. Yeah, no, he he, he would leave uh, very, very fast. Where are you beaming tonight? Tinseltown, Showtime, the Grizzlies up against the Lakers. Back, oh, They only play in Los Angeles two more times this year, December 29th against the Clippers and January 5th wow. against the Lakers. Will Taylor Jenkins make it back for either of those or both of those? He's got the best win percentage in a uh, second best win percentage in team history behind Dave Yeager and he's second in wins behind Lionel Hollins 33 to tie 34 to break passing the train mm, I'm gonna beam up to Chicago tonight for the State Farm Champions Classic a great double header Duke and Michigan State get started here in just a couple of minutes later tonight we'll have Kentucky at Kansas but Brett you're right that uh that game tonight for the Grizzlies is a massive one it feels like three games in the MAC, ten games in the NBA, and you mentioned the college basketball in Chicago. Kentucky and Kansas once met in an NCAA Finals. That was in 2012, John Calipari's title mm. with Big Blue. Yeah, it will be a fun night tonight. College basketball, college football, NBA. I also want to let you know we're going to have Ole Miss versus Detroit Mercy uh, on this station tonight. That game uh, tips off at 7 o'clock. Pre-game will start at 6.30 right here on Sports 56. But that's all the time we have. Enjoy your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock.